It is Brian Scalabrini. It's the big baller, baby. Bogusaw. It is the game in Matumbo. This is Hugh Jackson. This is Pete Rose. And you are listening to Down to the Wire here on Wildcat 91.9 during Sports Talk. It is Brian Scalabrini. It's the big baller, baby. Bogusaw. It is the game in Matumbo. This is Hugh Jackson. This is Pete Rose. And you are listening to Down to the Wire here on Wildcat 91.9 during Sports Talk. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into Down to the Wire here on Wildcat 91.9. I hope you're all having a fantastic day today, because I'm having a fantastic day today. It is a wonderful Wednesday. I almost forgot what day it was. Again, I have troubles with days, you know. The week sometimes either goes quick, slow, fast, something in the middle, and then I land on a day and say, yeah, that's the day. And then I'll mess it up. You have, and of it, course, you have it, probably the same yeah, thing. Yeah, all the time. All the time. <laughs> I wake up, oh man, is it Sunday and mm-hmm. it's Tuesday. There you so, go. That's what happens. What, what can we say about it? But anyway, again, this is Down to the Wire here on Wildcat 91.9. I am your host, Paxton Gordon. I am actually sitting in a different position today. Yeah. You, Of course, you guys, unfortunately, cannot see into the, our realm that is the radio studio. Normally, I would be sitting behind the production computer, or the board, as we radio junkies call it. But today I am sitting where Jasmine would be sitting, and Jasmine is sitting where I am sitting today. Yep, I'm running this ship. She is running the ship today, but I'm still, of course, the pirate captain. This is true. I still don't have my boating license. so. Is there okay. even a boating license? I found out that there isn't. I thought really? there would be a boating license. Like open sea boating license? There's I don't bo- know about open sea. Oh, I know open oh. lake. Maybe I don't think. Well, yeah, I, don't th- well, yeah I would assume a but... lake there's no boating license, but I would say open open water when you're out in like Florida, maybe you do need to have a boating license. It'd be nice to learn know how to drive a boat before you get out into the you know depths of the ocean. Not going to lie. doesn't Scary seem. place Oh, there. that's true. I was going to say, <laughs> it doesn't seem that hard, and then I remember waves. There's a thing called ocean waves, and that might be a, just a yeah. smidge different. I had a little experience with that over my vacation a couple <laughs> weeks back. It was very terrifying. Was it a little... My dad hit a wave. Uh-huh. The water came rushing in. I was like, oh, my God, I can't swim. But, uh, I was looking for the life jackets. I was about to move this 6'6", six, 300-pound six, man to get out the way to get to the life jackets. But luckily, <laughs> it was all good and fine. The water just trickled on out. It was getting a little scary for a second. But it's all good. It and you are still here. But, again, that is. I thought I was going to meet my maker. Yeah, <laughs> and that of there, of course, Sitting that across from me is my co-host Jasmine Halliburton. Jasmine, I haven't got to how you're feeling today. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. This is the best part of my day. Oh yeah. Yep. This Love is the first it. time I actually have human interactions because <laughs> I'm just chilling. You're recluse. TV. You're recluse. Yeah. You're this like is my a... first year living on my own, so I just be introvert. Is what they say. Yeah. Are you an introvert? I I turn it off and on. Okay. Okay. I prefer introvert, but uh-huh. if I need to talk to people, I'll just like <sighs> hi, <laughs> and I'll do all that stuff. You know. I've been 
totally classify or like put a put a like introvert or extrovert on me. I know you do it in like leadership classes. They always ask, Ugh. "Are you an introvert? Are you an extrovert?" And I'm like, "I think I'm an extrovert." And then I'm like, Shoot. "No." And then I'll say, "Maybe I'm an introvert." And I'm like, "No, not really." So maybe I'm a weird mix. We just do what matches our environment. There you the go. We are chameleons. Yeah, we that's blend exactly in. What we are. <laughs> But yes, it is down to the wire here on Wildcat 919. You can reach me at, on Twitter at Paxton Sports at P A X T O N Sports. You can reach her on Twitter. It's Jay's Witted. That is J A Y S W I T I T on Twitter. Of course, yesterday we had our poll top five college football towns. Didn't oh, yeah. get any replies. I forgot about that. I know. So definitely did not that, get any replies. We did. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, but we are people. working with it. So us community, we, I, am asking you to please send in Twitter on my page or on Jasmine's page replying to the comments of what is, in your opinion, your top five of college football towns. They had Oxford, Mississippi, hometown of Ole Miss, rated as the number one college town. Now, I haven't been to many college towns, and I do think Manhattan is a very great destination as a college town. We are biased. But that does not sound right in any sense of the imagination. So, go and reply to our comment on Twitter page. That is at Paxton Sports for me. That is at Jay's Wittit for Jasmine. J-A-Y-S-W-I-T-I-T. But how about we get to some great football action here on a Wednesday? That is right. It is football season, everybody. Can you believe such a thing? Yay. The Hall of Fame game is Thursday. Oh, tomorrow. I well, you're, I know, you're excited because it's Steelers-Cowboys. And no offense, nobody likes the Cowboys, so. Well, not everyone loves the Steelers. That's also a good point. But that is our first actual action of football in what feels like forever. Very long time. It has been a very long very, time. Very long training, time. training camp has started for a few more, a few teams last week. This is the second week of padded practice, unless you are part of the Steelers and the Cowboys because they have the game on Thursday, so they get a little more time with the pads on. But it was a very interesting conversation that I've actually seen following one of my podcasts that I listen to. I'm a Denver sports fan, of course. Boo, yeah, I know. Get it out of the way. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. I you get know, the most hate around, is, yeah, you're around the world. <laughs> it's right. You it's get right. the universal hate. I get the regional hate because I'm a Broncos fan. But one of my podcasts that I like to listen to was actually talking about players that you are higher on than other people and people that you think are more overrated than other people think. And I found a very interesting conversation because it's always who's, who's best, who sucks, out of pretty much the generic names, the generic group of people over here, you're just like, oh, of course they're going to choose Trevor Lawrence is, you know, on stock is up where I think people are going to keep keep on his rising stock because he's the first overall pick. Or, hey, Ezekiel Elliott is someone we need to keep an eye on. That's just, that's boring. Yeah. Who cares about that? And I get it. Ezekiel Elliott had a bad season the last two seasons. So saying he is, you're higher on Ezekiel Elliott is maybe a pass, but even that's just a... A dumb argument, in my opinion, and I knew maybe you might have said Ezekiel Elliott. Sorry, I might have dissed you there. He'll be fine. For the team overall, he's important, yes, but as far as, like, oh, keep an eye, keep an eye, keep an eye, it's just like, no one cares about us anyway, except to just crap on us, (laughs) right? That's only it. They'll be mad sooner or later. That's besides the point. That's That's another day. But yes, so 
we are going to be talking about players that you are higher on than other people. Now, I'm going to begin this with um, an interesting or an interesting person, Ooh. and he has gotten some talk actually with an organization that has been in the news a lot recently in the past couple of weeks. That would be the Green Bay Packers. Now, out of all of this group, there's, there's a couple names that people would come to mind, maybe thinking Adrian Amos playing formerly with the Bears, now playing with the Packers, looking to have a bounce-back season in that secondary. Of course, I could have said Rashawn Gary's kind of flown under the radar, not really been that huge standout um, defensive end that they got out of Michigan. But I'm actually going with the pick that they had this year. Oh. I know. Can you believe that? It was, I believe, the third round. Amari Rodgers. Ah, I know. Okay. He is. Yeah. A lot of people would throw Amari Rodgers into the pit of, oh, look, they drafted another wide receiver that wasn't a first-round talent. Aaron Rodgers must be pissed. Well, here's the thing. Amari Rodgers might be one of the better route runners coming out of college in this year's draft. A lot of people forget, even though the Clemson offense was led by Trevor Lawrence, Amari Rodgers was one of the key figures of this team. I didn't even think he dropped down to third round, to be quite honest he with did. you. He did. It was a, I wouldn't say it's a drastic stock drop. He's not the physical specimen that, you know, you have with Jerry Judy, or this year specifically with guys like Devontae Smith, who had the speed. You have guys, um, Jamar Chase. Went with the Bengals, not like the the freak physique also combined with the route running skills. He is a slot receiver, shifty, really, really good in short routes that could allow him to get open to make longer distances. Now, why would I choose Amari Rodgers? Well, it's just the perfect storm for this guy. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are, I would say, under-hyping the Green Bay Packers wide receiver room because you have guys like Devontae Adams, they recently traded for Randall Cobb. You still have Equinemius St. Brown on the roster. Marquez, uh, yeah, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is there. There's a play. Robert Tanyan, the tight end, had a breakout year last year. There are a bunch of weapons that have shown to be productive yeah. in the prior years, in the later rounds. It's just out of all of those talent, I think Amari Rodgers is flying under the radar as a breakout candidate in his first season. He has, I really believe, what Aaron Rodgers has been missing in an offense. He has the very, very big number one wide receiver. Devontae Adams is the elite player. Okay, he can do everything. They have the number two now in Randall Cobb. Yep. Randall Cobb, not the big-bodied wide receiver that a lot of teams like to put on the outside, has his moments there. He's a slot. He is. But here's the thing. I think... Randall Cobb will be playing in the slot, splitting time with Amari Rodgers. Because Amari Rodgers is a better Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb can get open. And I think really that's what's been missing from Aaron Rodgers' tools. Tom Brady had Wes Welker, Danny Amendola. Peyton Manning, for his Broncos date, had Wes Welker as well. What made them so successful was, of course, those slot receivers. Amari Rodgers is just a faster version of Wes Welker with the same amount of route, not control, but the same amount of route proficiency, not as good as one Wes Welker, who I think is one of the best 
in terms of finding an open field in the slot for a small guy. Rodgers just has the pure athleticism and speed to go along with his route running tree. And I think that makes for a scary combo in Green Bay who might have finally found a tight end that they have been desperately searching for. They thought, um, who was Graham? Oh, gosh, what was his name? Jimmy Graham. Yeah. When they signed him, they thought he was going to be the rebirth and they were going to bring him in and he was going to do wonders. Didn't happen. They've been kind of just flying through tight ends, trying to find something that resembled at least a threat. Robert Tanyan last year made up for it, and he was a great underlying fantasy signing as well as signing for the Packers. They also have Aaron Jones locked up. So this team really is just missing maybe one more playmaker. That, my friends, is where I think Amari Rodgers will come in this year, and Aaron Rodgers is known to find guys open, and I think Amari Rodgers, who does a good job on his own getting open, is going to thrive in this offense. So keep an eye on him. I am much higher on Amari Rodgers than many other people. Alrighty, that's actually, okay, I see what you're going there. Because when you first said Amari Rogers, I was like, huh, well, okay, now where's where it kind of going with this? <laughs> but I'm going to go with someone who's a little bit overrated at this point. Oh, you're going you're gonna to start, you're going to go opposite to start. I'm going to go opposite All to right. start. Alright, I'm excited to see who you're going to go overrated and specifically underrated. Alright, so overrated, I'm sorry if a lot of people get mad at me, but I'm going to say Justin Herbert. Whoa! Okay, only because Whoa! of this. Look, listen here now, listen here now. Because this morning on first take, you had Max Kellerman and Sam Acho saying that Justin Herbert is going to be a top three quarterback this season. Uh-huh. Yeah. Top three? Top three, yes. Wait, who said this again? Sam, uh, Max Kellerman. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Max Kellerman? Max Kellerman and Sam Acho. They are both agreeing. I was just like, okay, yeah, I know Max is going to say some outlandish stuff. Okay, I didn't expect Sam to as well, a former NFL football player himself. But I get he was like, what is it, rookie? Like, offensive rookie of the year last year he had. 31 passing touchdowns and 10 Let's be real here. He wouldn't be Offensive Rookie of the Year if it wasn't for Joe Burrow, unfortunately, tearing his ACL. You may be right. You would probably be absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> and I get he did really, really well, especially under the circumstances where, unfortunately, Tyrod Taylor had a unfortunate needle to the Ah, uh, yes, lungs. puncturing his lungs Punct- from the Los Angeles Chargers medical staff. That's a shady in every aspect of it. But they're saying he's going to be a top three QB in the league this season. I'm like, do y'all not know this is the same league that has Patrick Mahomes, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady? So you're telling me one of them is not going to be top three. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, or Russell Wilson, Uh or even Josh Allen. I'm just saying, you're you're not going to tell me that's what this case is. And especially, there's this thing called the sophomore slump. Ah, yes. So and it's not a, it's not a hoax. It's not a the hoax. The sophomore slump is a real thing in the NFL. Absolutely a real thing. And like it's great he did really really well his first year, but also now you got a whole season full of film. Whole season full of tape that everybody can watch to see what you're doing. And like this Chargers team, they're a good team. They got good players. They got um see who is that? Got Keenan, Keenan Allen, Allen and then Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler. They have a really good pieces around them, especially a really good defense. Mm-hmm. So I understand they might, they will be good. I think they'll place really, really high in the AFC West. But I just don't see this second year QB being top three in the NFL. I just thought that was blasphemous and absolutely ridiculous. I don't think he'll be lucky to reach maybe top twelve, of course, maybe, or just right at twelve. Mm-hmm. If that's the ceiling we're gonna have for him in year two. Tough division as well. Tough, very tough Broncos division. Broncos have, as well. by far, in my opinion, the best defense, and 
this is not even me being biased. This really is just analytical. You look at this defensive roster for the Broncos, it is it's pretty good. stacked. Chiefs, not bad defensively, but of course Patrick Mahomes is on that team. There's no way you can outscore him. And then, of course, the Raiders have been a flub on defense. and have been eh, miss, but early in the season, they have been very, very good. So they're not the normal team that you can just, you know, beat to death every single day. So the Chargers have an uphill battle. And Justin Herbert, in my opinion, when he came out, my analysis was better floor. So he can he can sh- he can pop off really quickly in the NFL. Yeah, his ceiling, did. though, is what's the question of. It's not as high as guys like Lamar Jackson not as high as Kyler Murray type young rookie quarterbacks or young or young quarterbacks in general. He is more of the Josh Rosen type where he can do a lot of the things teams need right off the bat to get them a not a quick fix but get them solid immediately. But the question then becomes how far can he take him? Cuz a lot of, a lot of people said his ceiling isn't as high and I said the same thing too when he played at Oregon. I see the talent. It's not it can't Theoretically, in my opinion, get any bigger. And he's already in a tough division, so... Max Kellerman going out on a limb and saying Justin Herbert is a top-three quarterback in the league in a division that has arguably the best quarterback mm-hmm. that also shares a division with the Ravens, with Lamar Jackson. I don't know. It, it makes no sense to, to put him up that high. Now, if he said top ten... I'd actually consider that one because last year was a good start, and I actually thought I was pleasantly surprised. So maybe if all goes well this year and he doesn't get the sophomore slump, then theoretically I agree he could be a top 10 quarterback. Top three. That's really pushing That's really. That is dropping down some tears. Yes. That is some cold muscle type stretch. But that's what you get. And you, again, aren't as high. That is one of your most overhyped players, and – yeah. Hey, maybe. Is, that is very overhyped. The top three? <laughs> what do you mean? He's a good player, and I hope he does well. Uh-huh. Top three, second season in Woof. after a rookie rookie season. Yeah. I'm just, stop it. Not not stop the time. It. He's not Patrick. Only you can only do that to, like, Patrick, the very tippy-top, cream-of-the-crop type quarterbacks, and I don't think Justin Herbert is that. I'm actually not going to do – I'm going to push back my overhyped player, and I'm going to go with another underhyped player oh, okay. who actually might – be deserving of the hype he's recently getting out of Las Vegas. That is right. We're going with another wide receiver. Oh. Drafted in 2020 in, I believe, the third or fourth round, one of the two selections that the Raiders have. I'm actually going with Brian Edwards. Really? I'm going with Brian Edwards. And I saw an interesting take from John Gruden. John Gruden said that Brian Edwards has been looking a lot more like Terrell Owens but is also transitioning to now being Randy Mosk-esque. Now, a lot of of the Raiders' Twitter has been been mixing him together, being like, man, if he's got T.O. and Randy Moss in him, woof. And I've been hearing a lot from camp that Brian Edwards is is the real deal. 6'3", 215 pounds. That's a big dude. That's a big dude. dude. And if I'm being told that he can have the skill sets of both those players, this is what the Raiders, just like with what the Green Bay Packers were missing, the Raiders were missing. The Raiders, philosophically, when it comes to drafting wide receivers, are all about speed. No great, you know, Darius Hayward Bay. Mm -hmm. 
the first round selection that they had a plenty of years ago was a good example of this. Henry Ruggs, also in that 2020 draft. Another great example of they prefer speed over size. Well, they decided to, in this draft, go a little off the off the rails with it, taking Lynn Bowden Jr. as well as Brian Edwards. So, with in the case of Brian Edwards, you got some speed and physicality over the dominating speed. Terrell Williams, when they signed him last year, and Nelson Aguilar were supposed to be those big guy threats. Nelson Aguilar had a good stint, yeah, solved did. his drop issues for the most part, and flourished, and he was able to now sign a big deal with the Patriots. Terrell Williams yeah, got injured a lot more and didn't see much field time, and that was one of your big physical wide receivers off the block. Dar- uh, Darren Waller, great tight end. You can put him out there on, into you know the far reaches of the wide receiver field, and he could be that big physical guy. But you, he shouldn't be playing wide receiver or the far out position that much. So having someone like Brian Edwards, who in 2019, in the 10 games he recorded, had 71 receptions for 816 yards and six touchdowns while leading the SEC with 7.1 receptions per game. This guy is what Derek Carr has been needing. Somebody to be a second jump man. Somebody who can just overpower a dude and just bully his way to the ball. Because Henry Ruggs ain't doing that. Nelson Aguilar sometimes did it. Terrell Williams was never really able to. And it's just been Darren Waller who's been keeping that offense alive. What I've been seeing is if, because these are good pickups, good wide receivers that they have, but... I don't think they've been utilizing them correctly. Yeah, they've never because utilized when anybody they got, correctly. Exactly. So it's like great that they have uh, Edwards coming in, but if they can't use them correctly, like Henry Ruggs, which was they got in the first round, he was the first wide receiver taken off. I don't, don't yes, he was, and I still he was. and I still think that is the worst decision that the Raiders could have cho- chosen because Ceedee Lamb is, in my opinion, the better holistic wide receiver than anybody. Agree. But Jerry Judy is the better route runner. And yes, C.D. Lamb has the size, the speed, and some of the route running. But man, the the reports I've been hearing out of Denver with how Jerry Judy's been playing, he's going to be a menace this year. And Henry Ruggs last year got injured, couldn't really find a slot for him. He basically was just the streak go route guy. And that's all they had for him. That's all they had for him. (laughs) That's literally it. They didn't utilize him enough and he was ended up being like the third best receiver possibly on that team yeah. after he's, he's, Darren Waller and Nelson Aguilar. They should use him like Tyreek Hill. He's not just a guy that can run a, a streak in a go route. Yeah. He's the guy that can you who who can do jet sweeps, who can do wide receiver sque- wide receiver screens. They shouldn't just envision him as Hail Mary guy just run straight. And I think there was only one successful time that that happened, and that was against the Jets. That was it. Well, that I was, mean, that was, anything could be yeah. against the Jets. True, but it was that, like, game-winning pass ah, to yes. Henry Ruggs against the Jets. <laughs> That's yes. what it was. And that was the only thing I witnessed all season mm-hmm. to where it's just like, oh, won't you look at they finally It finally worked. And I do get your concerns of they, they've not only drafted terribly, like Damian Arnett in the first round. The only good draft pick was, was Josh Jacobs. That's... Totally, I hundred in the first round. The I first think round. in the later rounds they've had some good selections, but when it comes to first round selections, I agree with the Josh Jacobs decision. Other than that, they have been terrible draft picking team. Their utilization of the players that they've drafted have been quite 
a hit or miss in terms of their production and what they're utilized for. So while we keep getting told Brian Edwards is going to be the dude and like he's showing out in camp right now, we got to see it when it comes to game time because they said the same thing about Henry Ruggs. It came That's to true. game time and they floundered. <laughs> it, did not, it did not look good for that team. Now, you, what player are you more hyped on than others? Hit me with it. I'm going to choose the Cowboys linebacker Jalen Smith. Because he had a really, actually, everybody on Jaylen the Jalen Smith? Jalen Smith. Didn't Jalen Smith have a great year last year? Not really. Or the year prior? Dallas defense, no. They, no one had a great year last year. He did lead the team in tackles, but everyone has been on Jalen Smith's head uh-huh. for the entire season because of his effort and this, that, and the other. And, of course, every part of that defense sucks. And when you're, like, the best linebacker on there, on the team, on the field, and you just get in, it's just – there was there was a lot of effort play issues. There's a lot of not being in the right spot, not mm-hmm. filling the right gap, and of course, I most of that blame I'm going to put on on uh, Mike Nolan because after he left and they got Dan Quinn, I was like, oh yes, Dan Quinn's bringing back that he's explaining to us what we need to do and not just run running around like with chickens with a head cut off. That was pretty much <laughs> all it was, and everyone's been on this man's head all last season, all off season, and I think this is the year somebody on this defense is going to accelerate. And I do believe it's Jalen Smith, alongside who we have, uh, Leighton Vanderesh, and our first-round pick, Micah Parsons. I'm surprised you didn't choose Micah Parsons. Oh, because I already off. have super high expectations, and he's a first-round <laughs> pick, so there's already That's high true. expectations. <laughs> so as far as like he was, some Jalen Smith was really good the season prior of last and uh, his other season before, but he had one bad season. Everyone's like, get him out, trade him, cut him, put him in the garbage. I'm like, look here, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna crap on someone who's had only one bad season. Okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm not that type of person. <laughs> now, you need at least two uh-huh. <laughs> for me to crap on you. No, like I get you. I get you. But this time, he he led the whole team in tackles when everybody didn't want to tackle nobody, as everyone saw. Mm-hmm. I saw several times. It made me cry. Maybe at least twice. Just, Just for twice? defense. Yes, Just I cried twice. once for Dak, twice because uh-huh. his defense couldn't tackle a damn thing. <laughs> but I think those days are over. You think those days are over? I pray those days well, are you're, over. Well, I wouldn't say you're about to find out because... Mm, the I Hall mean, of Fame game's not really there to showcase No, I'm showcase watching talent. purely for like depth, football, and depth. There you go. That's pretty much why I'm pretty much why I'm watching. <laughs> and again, hey, nope, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with watching for depth. I'm of course an analytical guy, so I like to watch the preseason and see kind of the talent that is going to charge its way through and maybe get on a roster slot that I'm excited to see. Now, on my side, we're going to go with some interesting, two interesting options. Both of these, this was actually draft picks this year again. I've been on a tear with draft picks when it comes to my hype and disappointment because I feel that's the perfect type of players for this segment. Right. This year, there were two running backs taken back-to-back in the first round that I thought were not terrible decisions, but, well, one was a terrible decision. The other one was more of a, you could have gotten better at that. You could have gotten better with this pick. Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. Overhyped? Overhyped. Really? Najee Harris is being pointed to the Josh Jacobs breakout first season because they basically followed the same route. Freak athletes 
who were underutilized in Alabama because Alabama has basically five-star recruits all across the board, and it's tough to feed the ball to everybody. Very true. And then Travis Etienne, first off, I hated the pick because I thought James Robinson oh, was awesome. Oh, I agree awesome. with you there. There was no they, reason yeah, to yeah. have that pick when you had an undrafted rookie <laughs> producing. You know, and I get it. I get it. Rookie quarterback, get his safety blanket being... Travis Etienne played so, together. Some other, some and, other and rookie I, QBs, they never had no safety I know, I know, blanket. I know. But I just still hated the pick because if you want to do that, maybe get somebody like Rashad Bateman. You could help with your secondary and picking up Greg Newsom, the, uh, Greg Newsom the second, Gregory Rousseau. There was other talent at pick number 25 that I thought would have fit better with the Jacksonville Jaguars in needed positions, yet they decided to go in the easy, not the easy route, but the safe route and take Travis Etienne. First off, First round uh, running back, normally bad move unless your name is Saquon or Ezekiel Elliott for the first four years. Yeah. Okay? If it's anybody other than that, Josh Jacobs is an exception as well, but he was taken in the latter half. If you're still taking in the first round, bad move. Bad move in my opinion because they don't offer a lot of value outside of maybe the first three or four seasons and they start to fall off with the wear and tear. Travis Etienne has some wear. Najee Harris had one of the least amount of wears in the first, I think, top four running backs that win in this year's draft. But it still is not a valuable position. In, ter in terms of the Steelers, it's not that the running game sucked. James Conner, yes, did struggle. But that line was atrocious. True, very And true. you're drafting a running back when you cut one of your all-star caliber guards to free up cap space, you know, bringing in some other talent, that's not a good sign. And... If you can't block for Najee Harris, then Najee Harris, there's a wasted first-round pick. And yes, Ben Roethlisberger might come into camp looking the best he's ever been, but we saw last year, if you can't run the football, even though we begrudgingly have to run the football nowadays, can't run it, you're screwed. You're straight out of luck. At some point, you're going to be a one-legged one horse that knows one trick. And when you figure that trick out, Game over. Like, again, happened last year. Yeah, those last, what, five, six games? Looked atrocious. Well, the Awful. whole season pretty much looked atrocious. They were just lucky to be undefeated up to, like, week 12 when they unfortunately faced the Redskins team that actually has a competent defense and a competent coach that knows what to do to stop a one-trick pony. Mm -hmm. And this year, I've seen no signs of that line getting any better. And now you have a first-round running back who is going to be stuck having to juke and jive three yards behind the line of scrimmage to even get one yard. I don't care how gifted or talented he is. If you are struggling to get back to the line with a crappy offensive line, that pick was a waste. And the same can go for Travis Etienne. James Robinson, in my opinion, is the better option for Jacksonville. Travis Etienne may be as good as a runner and a first-round draft pick, so he deserves to get more touches. But I have viewed Travis Etienne in the light of he might transition into a third down pass back, which sucks, but that might be where his career trajectory goes. Mm -hmm. Because in the NFL, it is tough to run between the tackles at his size and then, of course, with his tread on, that, on those tires. All right? So James Robinson, undrafted, cheaper, balled out last season. You can spend better value in the first round. And heck, if you really wanted Trevor Lawrence to be A-OK -okay and find a safety blanket, Amari Rodgers was there in the second or third round. And I wouldn't have complained if you took him in the second round. 
I wouldn't have complained. Yet you decided to draft a running back which has one of the least least amount of value in a first-round selection to be the safety blanket. And now you're going to have to sit there and contemplate, are we going to split time between these two? When essentially when you draft a running back in the first round, they should be the bell cow. So now you're not only limiting the type of play calling for this one player, you're now just wasting overall value you could have found when Greg Newsom being at least your second or third quarterback cornerback in a defense that has been sorely missing talent since Jalen Ramsey left and essentially not the no-fly zone, but that elite defense that almost brought them to a Super Bowl. Absolutely atrocious draft pick selections in my wholeheartedly opinion. Mm -hmm, barely addressed. I know. Again, offensive line issues for the Steelers didn't get any better. Najee Harris ain't got nothing to do. More prevalent needs for the Jaguars decided to completely just skip over that in terms of top-end talent and just say, eh, we'll push down the line we'll figure something out with drafting Travis Etienne. It... Urban Myers was trying to get, like, like-me points. I get and yes, that's, that's you, bring, you bring in Tim Tebow. And again, there is an argument to be made that you're drafting a safety blanket for Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor Lawrence needs a safety blanket, even though he is thought to be the next coming of Andrew Luck. You still need to give him at least something if, if all things go to hell. And yes, it is awesome to have a teammate that you've spent all your time with, but... You don't always draft people because of their their good relations with certain players in the first round. That's like a sixth round or seventh round kind of deal. Exactly. And now you've just wasted against somebody like Greg Newsom, who you could have brought in. Gregory Rousseau to help that defensive line. There are so many different avenues you could have gone down. Jeremiah Wusukoromoa to help with your linebacking issues. So many things they could have done. You have decided to push it down the line, and that's why I think those two, Najee Harris and Travis Etienne are on my overhyped list for this year. Whew. That is it. That Got that out the way because it's been really bugging me that one specifically for a super long time, in my opinion. So anyway, this is Down to the Wire here on Wildcat 91.9. I hope you're all having a tremendous Tuesday. My name is Paxton Gore. You can follow me on Twitter at Paxton Sports. That is at P-A-X-T-O-N Sports. Don't forget to answer... Our question of the day, which was yesterday's question of the day, what is your top five college football towns in America? You can comment on the post that I made on my Twitter page. It's at Paxton Sports, at P-A-X-T-O-N Sports. You can also reply on Jasmine's Twitter page. That is at Jay's Wittit, J-A-Y-S-W-I-T-I-T is her Twitter. You can also reach us on Spotify. That's right. If you go to the podcast section of Spotify and type in Down to the Wire with Paxton Gordon and Joe Tillery, that is where you'll find our uploads of every single show. Well, for a while now, we've been putting it out there. I'm very hey. excited and thank you, thankful for all of you listening in, specifically the guy from Germany. I've still yet to get in contact with me, Mr. Germany guy. I really... Would like to know how the hell you found us all the way out in Germany. I would as well. Because we that need is, answers. We we are we need some answers, and we thank again everyone who is listening right now on their way home from work, and everybody who is listening on the podcast section. I really do appreciate you listening in, and of course, 
August 23rd is the official first day of school, and that is when we'll be transitioning back to some of the different shows. Of course, Colin Settle's show will be back, as well as Cole Carmody's show. Down to the Wire will probably maybe be off the air. I have yet to talk with Joe Tillery to see what he's doing with the show. He might open up his new show. He does have one out right now. You can also follow his music career. That is at that is Till on Spotify, but the cool. I is an exclamation point. So you can reach Joe Tillery there. And then Jasmine and Garrett might also hold the show. So you'll just have to tune in August 23rd on that first week of Welcome to figure out what the new lineup is. And, of course, I will still be hosting Down to the Wire. I'll just move down to our podcast page as well as moving over to Apple Podcasts as well and potentially be live-streamed on places like Twitch and Facebook Live depending on if I can get things set up. But we're going to switch over, of course, to the NBA because the NBA never dies, and we're going to be going over our talks of Carmelo Anthony. Joining the Lakers, Ramona Shelburne on the jump yesterday was talking about one Carmelo Anthony, and he was, she was talking about his fit with the Lakers. Well, you know what's amazing, Rach, is I was in the parking lot <laughs> like this is back when we used to do stakeouts remember when right? free agency was you staked out yes. the meetings and everybody actually used to they used to have that's, meetings well that's before everybody constantly <laughs> yeah. ig storied and tweeted right? where they were at every moment you don't have to stake any players out now they'll just tell you yeah <laughs> and it was it was amazing because the Lakers really thought they had a chance with Melo back in 2014. That was a big moment. And they got really close. The, the only Trump car was Phil Jackson was the president of the Knicks back then. And he had the fifth year and he gave him the, the whole thing. But okay. they, they really thought they had a chance at Carmelo Anthony all those years later. And you look at I, I mean, that's my favorite expression on the show, I guess, is sliding doors. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, but the sliding doors of Melo's career, of LeBron's career. Um, I like this fit. I like that Melo sort of restarted his career and, and he's become a really good three-point shooter career mm -hmm. high 41% last yeah. year that's what the Lakers need and and I, their cumulative ages are getting up mm -hmm. <laughs> like he will be there and to make LeBron not feel old I guess like he's a little bit older than LeBron well. here um, but look I, lo I love the fact that they got mellow and Malik Monk mm -hmm. and Malik Monk on a minimum I was gonna say that is that is some wizardry yeah. and also kind of speaks mm. to a strategy we were talking about with Chris Bosch yesterday that when he and LeBron and Dwayne Wade were down in Miami they were able to yeah. be like hey come to Miami yeah. Miami's fun I know you won't be making that much money but come and be with us this yep. is gonna be a party and it seems like they are starting to pick up a little bit of that momentum too so yes Carmelo Anthony signing a minimum deal with the Los Angeles Lakers. This team, of course, is just the oldest, is actually the oldest team in the NBA. They are, statistically, the oldest team in the NBA. And a lot of people seem to be putting that as a crutch, being like, oh, this team ain't going to make it to the play. You know, what's going to happen when they reach the finish line? Are all these guys going to you know, gas out and suck or get injured. I want to let you know, Carmelo Anthony played almost every single game last year. Yep. Wayne Ellington did the same thing with the Pistons. So I did Trevor no Ariza. Russell Westbrook did. I get it. They're old. And, yes, there's always the fear of, oh, the gas is going to, you know, be out of the tank by the time they get to the playoffs. I saw no signs last year of a Lakers team that was still old and still had some old players on that team gassing out. Yes, 
their body might have physically fell out with Anthony Davis and LeBron James, but those could have been for injury reasons that weren't all on them. LeBron James's body did not just collapse on the floor. He unfortunately stepped on somebody's leg, and it caused him to have a high ankle sprain. And then Anthony Davis had his normal injury issues, which True. you can maybe accustom that to just him. But we shouldn't always just say the crux of a team is they are old as dirt. Because remember the 2019 Lakers? I do. They were old as dirt as well. I and do guess what? That. They won a freaking championship. No issues. Okay? And this offseason is going back to a normal offseason. So if people like Carmelo Anthony, Wayne Ellington, Trevor Ariza, can, and Dwight Howard can play a season and not really miss as much as people fear they have, in a normal offseason, which this essentially has become... What's the complaining going on about? I see no type. There shouldn't be any type of complaining. If anything, they're probably going to start their offseason right now. Like, everyone get to LeBron's gym in L.A. and start working. So we ain't got to worry about no injury problems later, looking at you, Anthony Davis. (laughs) And then that's pretty much really it. No one else other than Bron and A.D. recently has had injury problems, to my knowledge. Like, Russ, he's never had an injury, I don't think. He's, he's played just about every single game unless it was just load management type of deal. Uh, yeah, there's been probably some ankle injuries, but he hasn't yeah. had a severe like Achilles or yeah, nothing groin. worrisome. Yes, like nothing with worrisome. like with you know Anthony Davis or Kevin Durant when he's tore his Achilles and his ACL. Those could be injury concerns, but nothing too prominent. Just a lot of nagging injuries with Anthony Davis. Russell Westbrook, really with the way he's played, his body has not given out on him, so it is it is really a shock. Hey. Did you also know they got Mac McClung? Yeah, I recall that. I cannot believe that they got that, that dude. That is a great undrafted, I think, undrafted right? signing, and I'm excited to see where he goes with the Lakers because at Texas A&M, he was very potent. And I think that was an, an underrated move that I don't think a lot of people talk about. Another young, bright scorer on this team who could potentially not hold a roster spot, who gets a lot of minutes, but somebody that you can keep on the bench for a garbage time and see what he does in the future. Like Great Alex move. Caruso replacement. There you go. <laughs> well, uh, that was Kendrick Nunn, and uh, well, that was a great signing oh, in and Kendrick of Nunn, itself. Now, also with some kind of interesting breaking news, if you care about, my gosh, if you care about Lamarcus Aldridge. Hey. For, had to retire because of a, I believe his health, I believe it was a heart condition or something yeah. came up in a recent test. Eyeing a comeback after being cleared to play basketball again. LaMarcus Aldridge, who recently, not recently, but last year signed with the Brooklyn Nets during their spree of signing old grizzled veterans that you know a lot of people had not forgotten about but have given up hope on. Where, in your opinion, is LaMarcus Aldridge most likely to go if he does fully push for an NBA comeback. I think he's going to want to go back to Brooklyn. You think so? Absolutely, because the reason he signed to Brooklyn in the first place is kind of to bring chase. And <laughs> he's given that opportunity to see now he's cleared to play, cleared to be healthy, all this fun stuff, this, that, and the other. Hey. He's going to want to go back to Brooklyn. And I think Brooklyn would, would sign him back again considering what the Lakers were doing. The we, Lakers. Like we said this yesterday, the Lakers are – doing all of this just for the Nets. And the Nets <laughs> yep. are going to do whatever they're going to do specifically for the Lakers. So I think they're going to re-sign LaMarcus Aldridge if he's close to coming back. The Lakers 
do need a power forward. Markeith Morris did sign with the Miami Heat. That he did. So they are kind of in need of a backup power forward, In my, if I remember correctly. They also got rid of Alonzo McKinney, who was their backup power forward. And they haven't signed a power forward this offseason, unless they're going to make Trevor Reza a power forward, okay. which he hasn't been listed as in his career. So... LaMarcus Aldridge might want to also look down at Lake Town, and a lot of reasons that they look in Lake Town is because it's Los Angeles. Come on, people. The reason teams people go to Los Angeles isn't also isn't always about ring chasing. It's also about it's freaking Los Angeles. Okay? You're you're not wrong about that. A lot of marketing opportunities. Yeah, Brooklyn's also good, but it's not New York. No offense. No offense to you Nets fans out there. It's not it's not Madison Square Garden. It's Brooklyn, MSG. Not MSG, sorry. I forgot what the Barclays Center. Yeah, the Barclays Center. It's not Madison Square Garden. But it's still New York. It's not really New York, though. It's not. I've never been to New York. Well, again, in terms terms, of. It is. But in terms of marketing, when you think of New York, you're not thinking of the Nets. You're thinking of the Knicks, Madison Square Garden, Patrick Ewing, Gary Payton, all of these great names to go through the Great Square. With the Nets, it's like, eh, in the Barclays Center. Like with the Clippers. The Lakers, Los Angeles Lakers, Staples Center, Kareem, Jerry West, Kobe, LeBron, and then it's the Clippers. Yeah, you don't don't think about nobody from the Clippers. Of course. And maybe LaMarcus Aldridge does get moved, not moved, but persuaded to join the Lakers because, again, they do need a roster slot open over there. And I have heard some indication from some very prominent NBA figures that a sign-and-trade to bring Buddy Heald to the team is still being talked about, even though Russell Westbrook was traded and brought to this team. Really? That is, and the reason it would work is because you are still got Dennis Schroeder on the market. That's Everybody right. keeps forgetting the Lakers still hold the rights to one Dennis Schroeder. And Man, they're, shaking in his boots he right is, now. He really is. But there is still a possibility that... The Lakers can work out a sign-and-trade with Dennis Schroeder to get more capital back to pump this roster up even more, and that report has been Buddy Heald. Huh. And we've already talked about how the Lakers have got a lot of floor spacers. Buddy Heald is the definition of spot-up floor spacing shooting guard. Because at the moment, it's who's playing shooting guard? Who is going to be the starting shooting guard on this team right now? Wayne Ellington, Malik Monk, flip a coin to figure out who it is. You bring, you trade for Buddy Heald with a signing trade with Dennis Schroeder. There you go. That's a lethal shooting team in every aspect. First in the first team, the guys off the bench, even the backups to the backups got some shooting in them. If they could pull this off, we might as well, I think in my opinion, crown the Lakers the champions. I would have to agree. Once If they get Buddy Hill in that starting lineup, that's it. It's all over? That's It's it's all over. Yes, it's still going to be L.A. and Brooklyn it's in the LA. finals. But it's going to end up with L, like L.A. on top. Of course. At first, I'd be like, I don't know. It's kind of a coin toss. Depending, maybe, you know, seven games. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. But now if they add Buddy Hill, it's done. It's done for me. It is done for What's you. What's the point of watching? <laughs> What's the damn point? Y'all, y'all heard me rant yesterday. I know. And What's I the feel, point? No, I feel you. What's the point? You know, but 
Still on the market, some big names. Lou Williams, still on the market. Of course, Dennis Schroeder, who was asking $100 million, is still on the market, as well as one Kawhi Leonard. We've completely forgotten about Kawhi Leonard. He How is still there on the market, declining his Clippers option, possibly talking with other teams. There have been no reports of Kawhi Leonard going to different places, looking at different teams, seeing what they have to offer. It's basically been silent on the Kawhi Leonard front. It, when is it not silent? That is when true. It comes to that Kawhi is true. Leonard. Uncle, I forgot what his uncle's name was. I don't know. Uncle Donald, Uncle Shit. Stephen, I forgot what it was. Stephen Smith. I whatever. never paid attention to this man's uncle. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it has been all quiet from the Kawhi Leonard camp, so we have no news on that front. But how about we pour glass out for one Damian Lillard? What? This guy has been. Basically begging, begging the Portland Trailblazers to do something. Because he said in his exit interview, for the season, not his actual exit, exit interview, he has said that this team is not a championship contending team at the moment. And with the way it's been with their recent acquisitions being guys like Cody Zeller. Is that somebody who you want to bring to your team? How about, you know, potentially bringing in Michael Beasley to your summer roster? Guys like Tony Snell. You know, you brought back you brought back Gary Trent Jr. Yeah, that was was good. You brought back Norman Powell to $90 million. Okay. Blessed be you brought him back. But other than that, name me a top star that this team has brought in that really just jumps off the screen and yells, Man, Damian Lillard sure does want to play with the Portland Trailblazers because I can tell you right now, there is no big signing that can do so. They bring, again, Tony Snell in, Cody Zeller. I think Ennis Cantor has left to go play for a different team. That's it. That is the additions of Team this team has made to further improve their roster. When they have a disgruntled guard on their team behind closed doors and has basically been, not publicly said it, but has taken some shots saying, hey, we are not a championship roster. Make some moves. And then what do you do? You make no moves of any impact. I mean, Dame, I understand. I understand, bro. But at least... Bright side, he said that he doesn't want to be traded. Like he said, he wants to stay in Portland. He does. And he did. so maybe he's going to give this season a chance with Chauncey Billups. Now you know, new blood, new new something. So, but again, you hear the maybe. reports that he did not approve of the Chauncey Billups hire. You hear reports that he wants to request a trade, even though he's publicly said he did not want to request a he trade. He didn't want to request a trade. Really, when can we trust anybody at field at this point? You can do a press conference all you want, and you can say you don't want to request a trade. But then you have people like Chris Haynes, who is well-known throughout the NBA circle, saying things like Damian Lillard wants out. Damian Lillard does not like the hiring of Chauncey Billups. Dame just said it himself. He even was um, having an argument on Twitter with some dude saying, like, I did not say this. But I am the source. Many, I do not want to leave Portland. But how many times have people said that they're the source? Trust me. And then, two weeks later, they're out. A lot recently, that has been the trend with a lot of athletes is saying, "Hey, we are all good here. The grass could never be greener." 
and then they light the proverbial torch and just chuck it into the field. <laughs> like with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, there's still, I mean, I don't know about big, big names, but there's still some people out there. I see Kelly Oubre still available. Oh, my Reggie God. Jackson is oh, still on this Kelly list. Kelly Oubre, woo! Hey. Reggie Jackson. Hey. Woo! Hey, Reggie Jackson, he he did he did there's really no well. Way, that's Reggie, another, that's I another know, shooter. But do you think Reggie Jackson is going to fit on this team with C.J. McCollum and Chris Paul, not Chris Paul, yeah, Damian well, Lillard. Reggie Jackson wants to be a starter. He ain't going to come play to Portland to be a sec, like a third fiddle backup to these guys. That's what he already, look, man, but he, he wants this, to win. <laughs> and he wants to get paid. Well, he ain't going to win in, sorry, Portland. No offense. They've gotten, they've gotten kind of close for quite some time, but just never enough to get over that. They got bounced in the first round. Yeah, they made but the, the years before, before her. They're they have like not even close. made it past the second round. Look, I know man. you're trying to. Go- I really <laughs> I am trying. trying. <laughs> I'm trying because I like Portland. <laughs> I love Dame. I like. I want him to stay there. I know. What else? Because I'm. I'm looking at this list right now, and it's not. It's not inspiring. Quiet Leonard ain't coming. It's. It's not inspiring right now. No. Um. I'm just trying to be positive. I'm, I'm working on that, <laughs> on my positivity it's and yelling tough. into this mic. I know. It is It is tough to find somebody who we can sit there and be like, this move really puts Portland in a favorable position. It's because too late for that. I can sit here and say Portland actually probably got worse. Wait, Laurie Marketing though? Would they add him? Could that maybe kind of I change mean, your mind? Because yeah, he's still I mean, a free agent right now. Yes, ain't it, it, yet. It, would, it would put them in maybe a smidge higher because I – think highly of Laurie Markkinen more than a lot of people do because I've seen it two years ago when Laurie Markkinen was tearing it up with the Bulls. The last two years have been quite disappointments for Laurie Markkinen and maybe new head coach, maybe it all turns around for him, but it's not somebody that I can sit there and be like, yeah, Dame really likes this guy. This is really bringing Damian Lillard back to Portland. And that's not an issue of... It really is just an issue of they were never aggressive. They never really were in anything. And yes, I get it. Their cap space situation ain't too pretty when you have people like Evan Fournier, not Evan Fournier, excuse me, Evan Turner still on the books even after he's long been gone. You sign max contracts to Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Yusuf Nurkic has, uh, let's see how much money he has on his books right now. $12 million? You're paying Cody Zeller $15 million. You're playing Robert Covington and Tony Snell combined $25 million. Norman Powell, who is clearly better than Yusuf Nurkic, Cody Zeller, and Tony Snell, and Robert Covington, is only getting $10 million. But his contract hasn't kicked in yet. But it doesn't bring me a lot of optimism for this team. And I don't think Damian Lillard, after looking at what he has just seen from a draft and a free agency section period of time brings any more optimism to his this team and if I was him I think it's time to go I think it's time to go but I mean I just don't think because he's he said he's like he's taking shots at Paul George saying someone who runs from the grind I get it he can't he can't fall back on that if he goes, tries to go somewhere else, he has to go somewhere else that is still equally leveled to Portland. I know, but here's the thing. He's done the grind. He's, he he's has done, done the, the grind. grind. He really it's has. It's not like he just hasn't helped if him. If he gets traded and people are like, oh, you ran away from the grind, and be like, this man went through the grind. He's like Russell Westbrook. He's gone through the grind. 
He brought a team like Portland and Oklahoma City with Russell Westbrook to the playoffs. They've done it. You can't say that about Paul George or anybody else. And so they, in my opinion, deserve a pass if they get traded. Like with Russell Westbrook, he comes to L.A. I, I think it's a pass because I know he has done his time. He has brought teams that should suck to the playoffs. True. Same with Damian Lillard. This team wouldn't be the Blazers going 42-30 and 30 without Damian Lillard. So who should we put the blame on more? Because you still have office, C.J. The McCollum. It's the front office. Because you have like some of the best backcourts, but C.J. McCollum is kind of... It's the it's the front office, like a thousand percent. And and they and if I'm upset with somebody, specifically Damian Lillard, I'm if I'm Damian Lillard, I'm upset with the front office and their inability to bring in free agents. Even though it's not a destination city, we have pieces to make it a destination city. Why aren't you more actively trying to do so? But I'm not the front office man, so we'll never know. Anyway, it's another great episode of Down to the Wire here on Wildcat 91.9. I am Paxton Gordon. You can reach me on Twitter at Paxton Sports. Jasmine, hit me with your Twitter. It is Jays with a J-A-Y-S-W-I-T it. Well, thank you again for listening into our show. We will see you tomorrow breaking down more NFL and get you prepped for the Hall of Fame game tomorrow night here on Wildcat 91.9.